wouldn't it be nice if Adam Sandler didn't count the dates up all so wrong? And wouldn't it be nice to talk together in a format that goes way too long? You know it's time to rewind, baby, for 19 dates of this movie. Drew Berry Yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Good morning, listeners. It's another beautiful day here on It's Time to Rewind. I'm your host, Bubba Wheat, and joining me today is my guest, Alice Lauren. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. It's uh, good to have you on. And this season, we are discussing... Um, oh, uh, what's the movie again? 10, 20, oh, I think 50 first dates. <laughs> oh, right. So, well, actually, it is 19 first dates, and we are going through them one date at a time. This week's date is what I'm calling their 18th date because it is their 18th interaction, or at least on-screen interaction. And it starts at 81 minutes and 12 seconds with a conversation with Jocka the Walrus, and it ends at 89 minutes and 29 seconds with 10-second Tom interrupting before their next first kiss. So before we jump into today's date, I I would like to know what is your experience with this movie and uh, with Adam Sandler movies in general? Oh, God. I mean, yeah, I mean, I love this movie. I've seen it. I mean, I guess I would say a couple times. I mean, I don't, I don't remember how many times, <laughs> to be honest with you, or, you know, did I see it in the theaters? Did I not? I mean, I, oh my gosh, what year was this? 2004. I don't even know mm. what I was doing. 2004 um <laughs> but no i i mean i love i love this movie i mean i love adam sandler i mean ju- i mean my gosh what what an icon yeah and like what's what's your history with with his movies in general like are are you a fan of his you know lesser regarded comedies oh gosh i mean i guess so i mean i was apparently one of the few that liked click i don't know uh but no i mean yeah I, I'm, I'm trying now i'm trying to think about what movies i mean grown-ups not not a fan um hmm. but yeah i mean things i mean things well i was gonna say things when he was younger a lot most of most of his stuff is from when he was younger i would say i think right now um he's going well, i mean these days get, he's like churning he's kind of getting into some netflix yeah murder mystery excellent but um yeah i'm not not an uncut gems fan at all um you know i mean i do i mean like like click has obviously some drama in there i think there was like a movie funny people or something that was pretty good but like so i mean him and and drama is okay you know i know i was watching especially you know this section here that we're talking about today and trying to see you know is he actually a good actor or is he just just himself in every single role that he mm-hmm. plays, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, I I love a lot of his movies for sure. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm with you there, and I'm I'm still kind of going back and forth because I I know after after I finish this movie, I am going to be taking a a more extended hiatus for this podcast. Although I I do kind of want to 
check out maybe a few of his movies that I have managed to miss maybe as a, a bonus episode if if I make time for it. it's like I, I know like the wedding singer and I I almost feel like I should watch uncut gems even though that one is it is very I, I feel like that's the one that's been brought up the most by guests as as a very hit or miss because there's there's been several people who said that they liked it and then a lot of people that also that said that they didn't like it and that is one of his more recent dramatic roles yeah yeah and it was so critically acclaimed but to me and I think I, I read this as well that it's like constantly being part of an anxiety attack it's just so heightened and it's just I, I left the theater so like I don't know just tight tightness in my chest <laughs> Like and I and I was bored and I was yeah no I was not a fan yeah and then you know let's let's go ahead and jump into this this date and it it's I I'm kind of hit hit and miss with this one I you know I like the sentiment overall mm-hmm. I I think it it goes some really interesting places but it also has it, I feel like it has the most jokes that don't land with me. I was noticing that too, almost in like a grown-ups way where they're like, I have to put in this gag. I have to put in this Rob Schneider thing. Mm. I have to put in this little, you know, little pieces. And it's like, you could see it. Like sometimes you can watch something and you feel like you can just see it on the page. You know, it's Mm. not like it it doesn't belong really. It's just another, you know, I gotta gotta get this zinger (laughs) off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, although it it does start with this, this uh, like can almost like this confessional uh, between him and Jocko the Walrus as he realizes that that Jocko is a a walrus player, I guess. Yeah, oh, so funny. Yeah, I th- this is one of the the funny moments that I think works for me in, in this moment. It's it's cute. I mean the. You know, they, uh, I didn't look up his name. I, I talked about the the walrus actor in an earlier episode, but... Uh, the walrus and... act? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but Jocko, as he is here, he is such a great, like, such a great trained animal. And he really, the way that they shot it and the way that his trainer got him to interact with you know with all of them really creates this personality to this this walrus in this movie and and it's it's great and adam sandler just interacts with him so well too and even though i mean the the joke the i mean the fact of him having the multiple girlfriends that's it's okay but i i think just the fact that it's a walrus really helps oh yeah oh my gosh what a f- oh man, they yeah they need they need more animal interaction in these films. <laughs> yeah, I almost missed the the penguin too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, watching him and then he oh <laughs> so precious. And then we switch to uh, uh, Henry leaving for Alaska in his boat, and we have this scene with Rob Schneider and this i i think he's got like two or three jokes and okay. you know in a row and only one of them lands for me like I, he he does the the whole um like hawaiian or or possibly pigeon where he mm-hmm. says something which i'm i feel is completely made up i i couldn't find any 
like anyone from Hawaii saying whether or not that the Hawaiian words are accurate or mean anything. And then he just says, it, it means bring me back a t-shirt. And yeah. then they, he hugs and he says, uh, I'm a, I'm a medium husky, which I, I do think that line is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see, I mean, obviously this character, I feel like it took me a while to realize that that was Rob Schneider, but I feel like, I mean, is it offensive or would it be, you know, <laughs> offensive today in today's, you know, films? Oh, I'm going to play a Hawaiian person like this. Like, I don't know. It's a little bit, it's a little bit weird. I don't know if we would have gotten away with it if this was a movie film today. Yeah, I've, I've definitely, we've definitely talked about that several times. And pretty much anytime Rob Schneider's character comes up, yeah. he, he is playing like a, a, at least, you know, a, a long-term hawaiian uh whether or not he's supposed to be like a native hawaiian where he's doing a little bit of brown face and mm -hmm. uh, although i mean in theory you could say that he's just playing someone that's that's uh grown up that was born and raised in hawaii and his character is uh, a quarter filipino just like rob rob schneider himself is because there is a lot of yeah. uh filipino um you know immigrants that's that live in hawaii that you know there's a lot of uh, you know various uh asian um asian cultures that have uh, migrated to hawaii and not just you know, native hawaiians but it's it's you know a, a big question mark and then his character in general is kind of hit and miss if, although his his kids are adorable and and I do love the the whole flippies in the off the off the dock or off the. You just know that they started doing that, you know, between <laughs> takes, and they're like, "All right, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll put it in the movie." Um, but yeah, I also I felt like I was like, yeah, I feel like Rob Schneider is not a white man either. So I was, I mean, not that, not that if he was completely a different ethnicity that it would be okay, but it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's yeah, he's not uh, he's not a howley as as he calls you know he he definitely refers to the the other white characters as howleys, which is is a uh, an actual Hawaiian or a pigeon word that that means you know uh, white people living in Hawaii. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Are those kids? I feel like when they're not his real kid like right oh, no no I feel like they're like filmmakers kids or something I don't know why I got the sense when I was watching that they were like filmmakers kids or someone else like no the all the all the kids are are actual native Hawaiians that they they uh recruited through casting in Hawaii oh okay and then uh I do like and then like uh Rob Schneider's last line after he does the belly flop, you know, uh, can you get kids go find my nuts? <laughs> yeah, that, that one did make me laugh. <laughs> uh, and then we get the uh, 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 Marlon and Doug showing up with the the case of spam and Reese's from um, from Sue and Nick. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the best part of this is Sean Astin's Doug. <laughs> just his, his timing his timing on that 
on the delivery is so great. He's like, uh, Henry says, spam and eggs. And Doug's like, I love spam and eggs. Can I have them? And Henry says, yeah, sure. And then he just immediately takes the, <laughs> snatches the box back. Obsessed. I love that. The accent. Oh, so funny. <laughs> and I, uh, I do also love the fact that that Marlon and Doug Doug do show up for Henry and and I I think mm-hmm. that that's a, a combination of the fact that that they really did have a good relationship with Henry while he was dating Lucy during yeah. however however long probably I have I'm guessing that they were probably dating for a few months mm-hmm. uh, over the course of uh, you know the events of this movie and uh, I. I get the impression that he just happened to be speaking to the harbor master and the harbor master mentioned it to Marlin because it's a, it's a smaller community. And that's, that's kind of how he found out that Henry was leaving today. And so he decided to, to take it upon himself to, to send him off, which, which was nice. But they, they really came around to it. Mm-hmm. Being so wary of him. Yeah. Although I think it's, one thing that I I never noticed because it's in the background, but I just happen to have it paused. But Henry has a bicycle with him on the boat, just like sitting against the rails behind him. But like, why why did he bring a bicycle? Because his Alaska. boat is definitely is yeah his boat is definitely not big enough to ride a bicycle around on. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. And where he's going, yeah, that's interesting. I guess is is that just like, you know, if if he has to to dock at some point, then he uses his bicycle to get around instead of renting a car, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, but in Alaska, I mean, although I guess well, a, he has to take it with him. Yeah. Yeah, and and we have no idea what time of year this is because he he could be going to Alaska in the summer. That's true. Yeah. How far? I, like I'm like, is it feasible that like I, like that's so far away from Hawaii? No, maybe I don't. I'm, I do not know geography. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's it's just going straight north. I I mean, it's if the boat is designed for longer term trips, then it's like a, a sailboat. It, it's probably he could probably make it in a couple days but i i didn't actually like look up the math and or look up the map and do the math like but this is I a plane situation that... this is not a boat situation <laughs> but i mean he's going like he's the idea is for him to live on the boats in yeah. the alaskan waters like as that's as true. a long-term trip yeah that's true so the the boat is at least designed for long-term travel for him to mm-hmm. to stay on the boat for weeks at a time yeah yeah uh, and then, you know, I, after the send off, you know, he gives them the the CD that's wrapped, and then we have this this great little moment between Alexa and Doug, and I I love this because you know I've I've talked a lot about Alexa with a lot of the guests, and uh, because she is such an interesting character, looking at her at a twenty twenty three lens, yeah. because. I feel like she is like almost a trans character. Like I, I could see oh. if she, if this was made like ten years later, that she would fully be a, a non-binary character. But 
in 2004, she's just a a woman that's that has kind of masculine features. And so there's a lot of jokes about her, you know, possibly being a man. But at the same time, I I do like the fact that she's never excluded. And I I also really love this scene because it's it, it kind of sends her off without any of that that sort of joke. It's it does present her as you know, just a, a woman that's, uh, that has the hots for Doug and, and she grabs his butt yeah. instead of his arm. Yeah. I mean, I think right now she probably would not be a trans character, hopefully just because they're, they are still playing it for, Oh, what a weirdo, what a manly woman, what a creep. And we don't, I mean, we don't want that kind of, you know, treatment, you know, of, of trans women, trans people now. Um, so yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I think if like, I think if they did do that, then the, the jokes would be turned turned down to a certain extent. But I I think the way that the movie presents it, it that she's definitely like kind of the butt of the joke. But at the same time, it's at least I feel, and and most of the guests that I've talked to feel that the jokes are never malicious towards her yeah. because it, it's it's always she always has an upbeat personality about it, and mm-hmm. they're she's always treated as you know, Henry's friend and like you never get other than like you know getting her to dive into the fish uh, buckets that's and getting the uh the walrus to to throw up on her that's a, a little bit mean-spirited but that's also not about her looking like a man and all mm-hmm. the, the all the stuff about her potentially being a man is is in a way like it's it's Henry being her wingman to a certain extent, like sending his date off to her. Mm-hmm. I see. But the, just the the whole <laughs> grabbing the butts and it just both of their reactions are fantastic. Just it was uh, very, Alexa. very dodgeball. Yeah, it, just, it was like, <laughs> yeah. the same person from dodgeball. <laughs> uh, I no, I I don't think it is. No, same type. Yeah. And just her saying yes. And then Doug just looking completely uncomfortable. But it's also great because it gets paid off in the wedding video in the next scene. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like, man, you know, we're gonna laugh at sexual harassment of men, you know, and then <laughs> right and they end up together. Yeah. And then we get the this shot of Henry opening the the gift for Marlon and saying that it's the Beach Boys CD, and then it immediately cuts to him singing and crying. And I know whenever I was recruiting people to to come on the show, you specifically asked for this scene because of this moment. Yeah, it's really, really sweet. Yeah, um, I mean, I I guess what also strikes me is that the cd and i mean we see the vcr stuff as well i mean this was 2004 i mean i guess we're cds really the thing then is it more about being you know returning us to a, a greater time of, of cds and vcrs <laughs> you know vhs tapes you know I'm like this was not whatever the 80s like <laughs> well i mean i'm pretty sure that uh um uh... CDs were still kind of in 2004 CDs were still like the pinnacle because that this 2004 is still relatively early days of the internet there's definitely I believe this was the time of like Napster 
and LimeWire. They're mm-hmm. growing in popularity. Uh, so you have a lot of the, you know, the, the file sharing. But if you wanted to buy music, you would buy it uh, on CD. Okay, it wasn't the, the, I, the iPod days. Okay. Or not, least... I mean, it was close, but not quite there. And and I do think that a lot of the, like, uh, you know, Spotify didn't come out until 2006. Okay. So this is still two years away from Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I, I also just kind of love the fact that based on this shot, you can still see the, the mountains of Hawaii behind him that it looks like he's only like at most maybe a half hour out on the on the ocean and he's already opened the cd playing it and is full-on crying over Mm -hmm. the course of like just like half an hour yeah and then we get the 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 realization and the the fact that marlin is trying to tell him something because he said that that lucy is singing again and we get these flashback shots. Like, what? What do you think about the the way they do these these flashbacks with the the highlight with it mostly in black and white, and then you got the highlight in color with Lucy in color, and then Marlin in color. Oh no, that's yeah, that's that's very pretty. I really really love that. Um, I wonder if was he really trying to tell him something through that CD? Do you think, or was it just kind of like, hey, you know, here she wanted you to have it. Or do you think there was really a purpose? Yeah, I, I I do think that that he was kind of telling him something. Maybe not like a hundred percent on purpose, like telling him without telling him. But I I think that he did see something, and he he did, you know, I he was in favor of their relationship because he saw. I think that he sees Lucy now compared to where Lucy was before she met Henry and realizes that none of this would have come about if Henry hadn't entered her life. And even though that she, uh, you know, he said that it just about three weeks ago was when she moved to the Memory Institute full time. Mm-hmm. And yet she was singing again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which kind of pays off later with the, you know, dreaming about him and everything as well. Right. And then he re- realizes it and turns his, his ship around. And we get another mix of, you know, kind of good jokes, but kind of hit and miss jokes. Like, I I love, I love the gag with him running into the Memory Institute and... The fact that he can't come up with a good lie. So he's just like standing there going, uh, um, and then the stupid, the stupid receptionist is like, oh, he can't even remember his name. I feel bad for him. Go on up, sir. And that receptionist looks just like the guy painting. Part of me was like, that would have been so funny. He like is the receptionist (laughs) and he's the (laughs) the painter. It was so funny. I mean, and I feel like he, he knew the Institute pretty well because i'm like oh he knows just where to go like he really mm. he was on a mission he was like yep i'm gonna go up all these stairs i know where to go <laughs> yeah I'll, although i i guess they we do see lucy instructing the painting class 
like right before that. And we see the, the, uh, I don't remember his name, but the, uh, the memory patient in, in like the beanie. And yeah. I, him, I'm not, I'm not great with him as, as a character. Like he feels like he is just kind of the butt of the joke. Anytime he shows up, just him painting like Lucy is being Lucy just being so sweet as she's saying, you know, reminding him, oh, you're painting a picture and you're doing an excellent job at it. Mm -hmm. And then we yeah. see the picture and it's just a stick figure. And he looks at it and says, man, I suck. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just doesn't. It's one of those that doesn't land for me. And it's like this, this scene especially is like so hit and miss because it has a lot of a good points and then just these these jokes that that don't always land I, I i feel like in general this movie and breaking it down has held up more than it suffered but i do think that this scene specifically has the most of these these jokes that just don't land for me and it's mm -hmm. especially like breaking it down and looking at just this scene that even though this this is such a fantastic moment and it has some great moments with him crying and singing on the on the boat and then this this moment coming up here with his, this this like grand romantic gesture of him running up to Lucy and being like Lucy Lucy do you know do you have any idea who I am and then it just completely turns the tables and it goes against expectation with her saying no. And he says, that sucks. Yeah. But then, but, but then it pays off pretty quickly. Like I would kind of mm. assume, yeah, it would be a little bit weird if she was like, oh my gosh, yes, I do. Which I mean, sort of she does, but in her own little, in her own little way she does. But um, so, yeah, I don't know if it necessarily subverts expectations or not, but hmm. Well, I, I think it does a little bit because in a, a lot of these, you do expect this like grand romantic gesture. Yeah. Like you, you do kind of expect her to, to be like, oh my God, you're the man of my dreams. Yeah. 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 She's, like it, she's a bit slower about it. Cause like he is, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's not, it's not as, as grand of a reveal. Yeah. And, and I feel like if in a more typical romantic comedy, it would be like that swell with that build up, and then this this subverts expectations by delaying the the payoff for just a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. And I I absolutely love Drew Barrymore's performance because especially like after you see it another time, just the look on her face you can see just on her face this recognition. Like you can tell that she recognizes him, but she doesn't know why she recognizes him. And knowing that she's about to take him into a room filled with paintings of him, like that, that reaction absolutely makes sense where she's like, who is this guy that I've been dreaming about? And now he's here in real life and I have no idea who he is, but I know, but I see his face every night. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have the the long term. Well, she's well. No, she has short term, but she doesn't have the long term. Because I was trying to think about like 
if she recognizes like her family um yeah she's she always like, she wakes up and have like the the way that the movie presents it every morning she wakes up thinking it's the day of thinking that it's the the day of her dad's birthday the at this point it's like a year and a half earlier yeah so she recognizes her dad because i was wondering maybe like henry entered into her long-term memory in a certain way but then of course she's stuck at a certain date so maybe not but maybe there is something at, at play there with uh, i i think the way that 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 the movie you know the the pseudoscience that the, yeah, the movie is going by. <laughs> yeah, yeah cuz I've I've talked a lot that this that this is this has a lot of similarities to the the real uh, condition of the the short-term memory loss which is much more like it's presented in Memento and and even to a certain extent with 10 second Tom although not usually that extreme but typically it's whenever it does happen you have the memory span the short term memory span of about you know 10 to 30 minutes and uh, you don't have the short term memory of an day. entire day that resets whenever you go to sleep but yeah. in in terms of the pseudoscience of that where i i think the way that i've explained it before is that her her memory basically resets whenever she enters like REM sleep like or whenever she goes into like the deep alpha sleep is when her memory kind of resets to the previous day and in this case Henry has entered her subliminal memory mm -hmm. and so she can't consciously bring it up but whenever she goes into that REM state her subliminal memory uh, still retains the the image and the concept of of Henry, and so he shows up in her dreams. Yeah, yeah, that that makes more more pseudo sense. I guess. <laughs> yeah, girl cannot take naps. I guess, but <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I've you know my theory, and again, that this is all fictional, but <laughs> uh, with the way that it's presented in the movie, I. Uh, um, I think that, you know, if she takes a nap, as long as she doesn't fall into that that deep, that alpha wave sleep, mm -hmm. then she would wake up and still retain her memories from earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. But And I also have, have mentioned, you know, if she gets insomnia and she's not able to sleep, then yeah. she could potentially retain uh, memories for multiple days at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just try to stay up. Yeah. Yeah. And then... We also like right before they go into the the art, you know, her art gallery or uh, her personal art studio, I guess, uh, is what it would be. We again get this this just weird insert joke here of the the beanie patient and then the head wound patient, where he's like, "I don't even know who I am," and he's like, "You're you're Pablo Picasso, really? No, not really. Like that's." Again, that's another joke in this scene that just completely falls flat for me. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I don't even remember that beanie patient. I remember ten second Tom, and that's it, you know. And it wasn't super memorable. Yeah, and then we uh, the the last bit of the last shot of this scene is them going into this uh, her you know art art studio, her personal art studio that's set up in this memory institute that's just 
you know, dozens and dozens of pictures and 90% of them are of Henry. And they're all, it's interesting that they're all like various different art styles. Like this kind of shows that, that Lucy doesn't have one specific art style Mm -hmm. where they're all the same. There's, you know, some impressionistic, there's some sketches, there's a couple like more realistic painting. And of course we have the, the one kind of big joke of, of the scene of just the egghead with the crack shell. Yeah. I want this so badly to be like fan art that was sent in or, <laughs> or just everybody. Yeah. Or, or for this movie, even like specifically like, Hey, you know, paint your, your pictures of Adam Sandler and then just send it in. Yeah, I, I feel just, like I'm, a, <laughs> have it be like a pepsi contest or something like that yeah yeah i mean well i mean i'm because i'm just imagining i'm like who who drew all these i mean this art department man you know yeah i imagine that a lot of it was drawn by the the art departments maybe they can they they might have commissioned other uh painters to make some of these i i don't remember hearing uh, it's it's been months since I've watched this with the commentary. The the only thing that I remember them mm-hmm. talking about the in the commentary, which is the the director Peter Siegel and Drew Barrymore, is uh, he, he mentions that in test screenings, whenever they get to the shot of the the cracked egg portrait, that mm-hmm. always got a big laugh in in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I also like you know the. It's about 95% pictures of Henry, but there are also a couple other uh, non-Henry paintings or pictures mixed in. There's a uh, a picture, a sketch of a pineapple, which I, I think is nice. And there is another picture of an elephant. And hmm. that's that's something that I've never really paid attention to in previous watches but i i do love how they have these uh elephant paintings scattered throughout the the movie like we see a couple elephant pictures in lucy's room earlier in the movie hmm. and then we see one here and then also when we get to the end credits uh, they they include an elephant painting in the end credits as well and hmm. i i love that they they follow through with that and they don't really comment on it other than the fact that you know again elephants are known for their memory so that that oh, makes sense that, that lucy would be kind of obsessed with elephants interesting okay yeah i was gonna say like hawaii elephants i don't know but no that's a great point mm-hmm. and then again we get this we end this scene with that that little bit of the the romantic comedy the uh subversion with 10 second tom just randomly barging in right before they they get their big you know their big uh climactic kiss mm-hmm. and uh, adam sandler just you know he said he's nice but he you can tell that he's annoyed and he's like you know uh, i'm henry this is lucy now leave and then come back in 10 seconds and we can introduce ourselves again Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he you know he leaves and they have the big kiss and then the the fade to white uh that goes into the the final scene and that's it and that wraps up this date uh 
you know, is is there anything else that uh, that you think I missed uh, in this scene? Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I don't recognize like the actor for ten second Tom, but I just I feel like that beanie guy. Like I, I'm trying to look at the cast. Like I recognize that person. I don't know. I know who that is. I know um 10 second Tom is Alan Covert is mm-hmm. of a, a friend of I think I don't now I don't remember if it's Adam Sandler or uh Peter Siegel the director but he's he's had small parts in in several of their movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm like like those those guys the beanie guy and the other guy look I don't know, kind of familiar but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he gets his, his, you know, Adam Sandler gets his friends to come in. I mean, I'm seeing, you know, Maya Rudolph is in this, and obviously his wife, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But oh, Kevin James, I mean, man, he has he has always brought his his friends into these into these movies, always giving them a job. Yeah, Kevin Kevin James just had a, a one line cameo in the uh, the opening montage. Because I see there's patience that's Wayne Fetterman, but I, I believe that one is the he looks more like the head injury guy mm-hmm. based on his IMDB picture. Yeah, that's that's weird because that's, you know, it, it's not a big role, but it is he definitely has a few line, a few lines. And he does technically have a name because you can kind of see his name tag. I think his it's like J.D. or uh, J.B., you know, he's, he's at least got a name, but it's weird that he doesn't show up in the credits at all. Mm-hmm. At least not that we can find. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, is, is there anything else that, that you want to say about the, the movie as a whole? Uh, so, you know, yeah. before I let you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a sweet, beautiful movie. Um, and, you know, I took on, I think this, uh, seeing this crying on the boat specifically I just want to you know briefly shout out my um my best friend passed away last year and I know that she really you know loved the fact that he was screaming crying beach boys on on the boat <laughs> also I wanted to definitely you know kind of you know do this for her although I I, I love the movie um yeah I mean I, I mean I, I think it is such a beautiful moment of him you know crying you know crying screaming on on the boat with all of this all of this love for her um it is i mean I, you know it is a really it's 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 an interesting concept i'm a little mm-hmm. bit worried that she had a she had a baby and now there's you know a, a child <laughs> brought into this kind of you know world as well yeah i and and i know i've i've mentioned it uh, plenty of times but i i do love the fact that this movie I, you know, if you look at it in terms of dealing with somebody with a disability, it has a really positive message in that regard, because and throughout the entire movie, they don't, I mean, there's a, a few brief moments where they think that they can cure her bit disability, or they think that yeah. she's getting better, but, the, but for the most part, it's about, um, you know, uh, dealing with her disability and, uh, you know, living her, finding ways to cope with her disability rather than finding some sort of magical cure for it. Yeah, remaining steadfast, you know, even when, I mean, it, it's, 
whether it's a model or not, but, uh, you know, for a family member dealing with dementia, I mean, it really is, I mean, it's, it, it is really beautiful that, you know, that, that love story can still continue. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a lovely movie. It's a funny movie. Not everything lands, you know, mm -hmm. as it should. Um, you said that you feel that it, you know, really stands up today still. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure some things can still be, you know, offensive, but, you know, I mean, I, I love this team. I want to see more Drew and, and Adam <laughs> go on. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wonder what, what a sequel w would be, you know, but <laughs> it's probably more of what we already saw. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I I looked it up earlier and now I I I remember that it exists, but I don't remember how it plays out. But on the Drew Barrymore show, yes. they did have a, a moment where he came on and and they reprised their roles as as Henry and Lucy for mm -hmm. you know just a, a couple minute skit, and that's again I I forget how it how it went, but it it was uh, fun to look up. Now I need to watch it again. Oh, so cute, so cute. Yeah, uh, and then um. Uh, with one last thing that I want to mention, which I, I, I did not plan this whatsoever, but I, I realized that uh, um, when this comes out last week, uh, whenever the last, whenever the previous episode came out on February thirteenth, twenty twenty four, was the twentieth anniversary of this movie re being released. Wow, oh, that's true. It is the twentieth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, oh, I think it's kind of crazy because I, I didn't plan this at all, but I've had, I've had to take, you know, I think three weeks off uh, due to various scheduling issues. But I, if I had stayed completely on time, I, I could have uh, ended this season exactly on the, the 20th anniversary. And that would, that's, that kind of blew my mind a little bit so that I did that completely unintentionally. Mm hmm uh but thank you so much for joining me today and uh talking about this movie and uh uh you know for people that might uh not be familiar with you and your work why don't you take a moment and let people know where they can find you online yeah um so i'm alice lauren and i do a lot of these fun uh movie minute podcasts um and let me just kind of well, I still want to call it Twitter, but no, my, <laughs> my, 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 my ex Twitter is at pod socialite. Um, my TikTok, if I ever use it again, no, I do. I love TikTok is podcast socialite. Um, I mean, you can find me on Facebook. I use that the most Alice Lauren. Um, just let me know where you found me and I'm sure I'll post different, different podcasts that I'm a part of. And as always, I'm Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on social media everywhere where I am at Bubba Wheat. Currently the most active on Instagram and uh, occasionally on threads. Uh, and uh, we also have a Facebook group. It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group. And you can join that to discuss episodes as they come out, as, as well as I uh, occasionally share other things, which I, I might uh, look up that... Uh, that uh, Drew Barrymore show clip, uh, if I can find that and, and share that on the Facebook group as well. 
uh, at when this episode drops. And uh, you can also discuss other time loop movies, TV episodes, uh, all that's welcome in the Facebook group. And uh, till next time, I will see you again for breakfast next week. Can we help you, sir? Yes, I have an appointment. What's your name? My name? Um, um... Dude, he forgot his name. I feel bad for him. Just go on up, sir. And good luck with that memory problem. Yeah, thank you.